You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Round one, fight! Can't we do our own secret shows? All our shows are secret shows. And we have the tools, we have talent! You have to use so many cuss words. Let's go! Ooh, yeah! That's why we're talking about music, that's right, because I want to hear all about the uh, the big T-Swift yeah. concert You want to talk night. about did that? Did you, did you get there on time? <laughs> we, um, yeah, I mean, we got there. So we missed the first opener. We missed Gracie Abrams. Um, but, Never heard of her? Yeah, no, I've, I've heard her name thrown around a few times, um, mm. but I, like I work in radio, so like you, you hear artist names all the time, and right. you, you may never, like, I remember when I was working for Cumulus, and people kept talking about someone named Lil Uzi Vert, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> is, that, is that a person? What is that? And then he just performed at like wrestlemania this past weekend but oh still like i've probably never heard anything that they've performed uh and that's kind of this this gracie abrams thing is like i've heard her name thrown around but i haven't heard anything she's done we caught the the second opener and i've heard they're good i can't even remember what the name of the the group was but like (laughs) that bodes well i just didn't like there's there wasn't much memorable but the thing is when you're going to see taylor swift who let me preface by saying like i only know like maybe one or two of her songs what um no i here's the thing you're in radio joe i only know one or two but then as her show progressed (laughs) i realized there are so many songs I know that are hers that I didn't realize exactly. were her songs. Oh yeah, um, inescapable. But but still, like you know, when you're there to see Taylor Swift, who whether you know her songs or not, you know of her. Like she's yeah, arguably the most popular pop star on the planet right now, right? Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't really care about the opener. <laughs> like it's one of those things where it's like you could not have an opener and it just be you, especially. Since she's playing a three-hour set, a exactly. three-hour plus set. When you're seeing like a mega star like that, you know that there's going to be, and of course, everybody always has an opener. They're yeah. probably going to be pretty good when you're at Taylor Swift's level. You're not, uh, you know, schlucking around some uh, shitty rock band with you. Uh, you know, sure. it's, it's somebody who's who's up and coming, and she's vouching for them by having her on their tour. So you know, they're pretty good. However, yeah. that also means you got to get there like an hour and a half earlier than you'd normally yeah. Or you could just show up a little later because there's always that like 30 to 45 minutes between the opener and the big act. There's that sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. No, And and that's when we got in. But yeah, dude, this 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 thing didn't start until 630. Like the opener didn't start until 630. And people were lined up at like one o'clock in the afternoon to get into this place. I believe it. And like that's crazy. American Airlines Center. Crazy. No, it's AT&T Stadium. Oh, shit. Where the Cowboys play? Where the Cowboys play. She played three oh, nights wow. in a row, sold out all three nights. Three nights? Moment. That's crazy. Minutes. Oh, well, yeah, I was following the kerfuffle. She originally opened with two, and then she added a third night, which is which was also weird because I'm used to like acts like, okay, they book two nights or they book a night and then they add another one. And usually they add it to the end, right? Mm-hmm. She added her third night to the beginning <laughs> where it's probably she all she had available April 1st and 2nd. And then she was like, I'll do March 31st. Let's add that. Um, so there was a little bit of trepidation. There was a little bit of fear. I'm always paranoid. Something's going to go wrong. And so like, I, I was like, she's going to blow her voice out or something's going to oh, happen those, within those first two nights. And then we're not going to be able to see her. Uh, but no, we, we went to the show and it was, I'll tell you, man, l- like her or not, like, the production of this of this concert was oh, insanely good. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. Like the 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 elements, the the visual elements, the uh, I mean, the the acoustics at AT and T Stadium kind of stink. 
uh, and it was super loud. Like it's too big. My my hearing is still recovering. <laughs> I should have my my wife got me earplugs. I should have put them in, but I never thought to do it. And by the time we were leaving, it's like. I felt like everybody else could hear each other talking to each other in the car on the way home. But to mm-hmm. me, everybody sounded like, like, you know how, like when you're underwater, like Charlie Brown's teacher, you're underwater and you hear people talking about, so you can kind of, you know, they're saying words, <laughs> but you can't quite make yes. out what it is. Um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of, and I'm still like, it's gotten better through the course of the day, but it's still oh. kind of here. Like, if <laughs> This will be a fun podcast then, huh? No, no, no. You're fine, especially with the <laughs> headphones up against my head. But, uh, but like, if Sarah speaks at a low enough tone or if Harper speaks at a low enough tone, mm-hmm. I can't quite make out what it is they're saying. You know, you need to milk that, too. Take advantage of that these next couple of days while you can and just kind of blame it. Oh, I'm so I didn't hear you calling me. I didn't. I didn't, were you, I didn't did you want me to take you. out the trash? Because <laughs> you know what? It's still I still had reverberations from the T-Swift concert. Sorry, honey. <laughs> or I would have jumped up and done it. Yeah. No, but dude, it was fun. A fant- <laughs> It was a spectacle. It was really cool seeing like the work she puts into this. I was exhausted for her by the end of the show. <laughs> and then I'm yeah. going. This is the third night in a row she's done this. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then she'll drive all day to another city and do it all over again. Yes, right? And, I mean, the vast diversity that this woman has, too, with her music. She's quite a talent. Like, just really talented. I was impressed. I was super impressed. Um, You sound surprised. Did we not expecting to enjoy it as as much? I was, yeah. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. I figured, like, when we were first going in, I was like, I should have brought my 3DS. You don't deserve those T-Swift tickets, sure. I didn't, no. (laughs) But but we had had a great time, and I got Sarah and I matching shirts. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to wear my Taylor Swift shirt to Metallica. That's that's perfect. Yeah, they're basically the same band anyway. I know, right? So that's uh, that's it. I'm sorry that took so long, but no, but that's uh, uh, it was it was really a fun night. It's perfect. It's perfect, especially because of the topic on uh, tonight's episode. Isn't that right, Joe? Yeah, no. But before we get to that topic, oh, I think uh, what we should talk about is what are we obsessed with? What's what's our obsession? Well, uh, it's our obsession. <laughs> what, what is that? You were d- determined for us to use that uh, as a theme song to the segment, and I want that to be the drop. Yeah, hey, maybe. Uh, maybe the next episode I'll add that in uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, but before we even get into that Joe maybe we should say the name of the podcast that they're listening to oh yeah that's right maybe we should <laughs> this is the low res high def podcast hi how you doing my name's Joe I'm Joel and uh, this is where we kind of come together our little uh, uh, our, our little safe haven our tree of trust we're our basement and and people at the basement no let's not call it the basement yeah that sounds a little too much like, <laughs> like uh, mom's basement not like, like a murder basement like the brie larson movie room oh, God, yes. our basement. <laughs> uh, no this one we come to talk about the things that make us tick the things that we love the things that we're passionate about you know we, we're a couple of kids that that grew up you know playing nintendo and and uh, watching spielberg films and now we're in our 40s and we play Nintendo and watch Spielberg films and yep. uh, we know they you're probably just like us. And and even if you're not, if you're trying to explore this world, we welcome you to Joel's basement. There you go. There you go. If he really wants to go with that. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, we just kind of just take part in the discussion. We're all over the place on social media. Joel can give you all that information. Sure. We've got a website. How's that? Smooth, right? Appreciate that. Uh, I, and I can. I do have the info. Uh, and that info is uh, lowreshighdef.com. That is our website where you're going to find, uh, well, basically a feed to this podcast that you're listening to. So congratulations. So you've either, either found the podcast first or the website. Uh, and your reward is 
is uh, the mm-hmm. the voices of myself and uh, Joe Cuginati, uh, who you're hearing on the other side of the mic every week talking about uh, a topic uh, related to geekdom, whether it be movies or video games or TV or comics or uh, anything, anything. Really anything we want to talk about. Or uh, in the case of this week's episode, music, right, Joe? Yeah, which I think is going to be really fun. Like, I know... On 16-Bit Gladiators, we've talked about music before. We've talked about video game music. We did two episodes. I think Editing Bay, we did some, we've did some. we done some stuff where we've talked about like you know scores. Absolutely. John Williams, stuff like that. But I don't think we've ever really just talked about, because I know you're a music guy. You go to South by Southwest all the time with Jenna. Oh, yeah. ACL uh, Fest, yeah. You guys were really active going to shows. I used to go to shows a lot. And then like, you know, there's a 20 year span where I just kind of didn't go anymore. Mm-hmm. Like a concert here and there, like maybe once every couple of years. Um, but it's kind of ramping back up again. And I, I've, I have discovered a correlation between when tickets are more easily accessible, I definitely go to shows more often. <laughs> AKA free. Yeah. AKA mm-hmm. free, <laughs> which is, I mean, any other world, if I had to, if I had to pay the prices for those Taylor Swift tickets, for example, I know I'd be sitting here right now talking to you about how I didn't go to the Taylor Swift show. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have even been a topic. But but no, yeah. I just I thought it would be interesting. I don't think that's it's one of the few things and we've shared a lot. But I don't think you and I have ever really shared about like our musical tastes and like concerts we've been to, our favorite shows, our nerdiest shows that we've been to, uh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I thought that might be kind of a, a fresh topic for us to tackle. I agree, uh, and I don't think you'll be surprised by any, any of the musical tastes that I have. They probably uh, mirror some of your own. Uh, mm-hmm. it, they've come up tangentially throughout uh, our 400-some-odd our episodes we've done on other podcasts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't think they're too far apart. But yeah, live music specifically, I think, is uh, where, where this episode's going to be focused. Because you can't just talk about music in general. But um, there have been, well, you, you went to a big concert. I've been to a few concerts. Um, and a few of our concerts have kind of been nerd-themed, I guess, or... Yeah. Or, um, maybe not as mainstream. Well, I say mainstream, but geekdom is mainstream nowadays, isn't it? So, it's. I mean, look. I, as much as we want to say that geekdom is mainstream, for every MCU, there's still like Masters of the Universe, GI Joe, <laughs> yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, like, unpopular. Even though they have made mainstream like popular movies about those things a lot of times they've missed the mark. Like they didn't quite get what it is that made those things special. You had to be forgiving if you were a fan. Yeah. I think the same thing goes for, for music, for, for concerts, stuff like that. Um, But before we get into that, let's, let's so many false starts in this podcast. Let's reverse it back a little bit. Well, because we've got a formula that you wanted to set up. (laughs) So I'm trying to honor that. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So what is our obsession? What's, what's your obsession this week? This week's obsession, um, playing a lot of, a lot of Nintendo specifically. Um, I think I told you last year, I got one of those, uh, there's a company called Analog that makes a, a Super Nintendo clone, basically, called the Super NT. Um, and I uh, picked one of those up and waiting to get those for a while. I, I mean, it's basically just a modern Super Nintendo. It plays the actual cartridges, right? Like, so mm-hmm. your old collection of SNES carts that you got, you plug right in the top of this thing. Love it. Um, but it's not that specifically that's my obsession. My obsession comes from the little SD card slot. That is on the side of the Super NT, uh, where you can sideload basically every uh, Super Nintendo game ever made. Nice. Um, and some that weren't ever released, uh, or some that are mods or hacks. Yeah, so uh, l- recently I found um, there's a whole website dedicated to specifically Super Mario World 
hacks, realm oh, hacks, gosh. where people have created their own levels, uh-huh. uh, own games. Sometimes it's as simple as just like, yeah, what if there were a Super Mario World 2? And not that Yoshi's Island bullshit. Don't come at me with that. That's not <laughs> Super Mario World 2. That is Yoshi's Island. But like a real proper Mario World 2, you know, with Yoshi, where you're, you're, or where you're riding on Yoshi. Um, and uh, just new challenges. So they've done that. And then others are like complete graphical redesigns. Um, there's one that where you're you're playing as like the princesses they they take over so you got rosalina oh, that's and cool. uh, what's the brunette's name the red-haired one daisy daisy yeah got daisy and peach in there um and then all the way up into uh, what they call the kaizo mario games which are these oh, super ridiculously difficult you've got to know all the little tricks i i love watching those like i'll follow twitch streamers and watch mm-hmm. them do like some of these kaizo mario levels mm-hmm. and it's it's really funny like when when the kids wake up my kids enjoy watching it but when my wife joins us it's it stresses her out oh yeah they, they are you'll watch these guys play the same level over and over again uh and dying in the in the exact same place every time um until yeah. Until they finally get it, but I do find myself kind of getting frustrated at them. Be like, oh, come on, dude, you couldn't make that. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's no way I would never be able to do that. That's when I get mad is when they're just doing the same thing like five times in a row, and you're yeah. like, bro, like twice, and now yeah. try something different. No one to quit. Uh, but at the same time, like I can complain as much as I want. These guys are a million times better than I am at these games. Yes, I'm not nearly as yeah. good uh, enough to. I don't have the skill level to to do those, but. Have really been enjoying some of these Super Mario World um, mods. I've got a list here. Let me try to pull it up real quick. Is it just? I wrote some down as I was researching. Go ahead. I know there was. um, Oh, what was the name of the company? This guy. uh, He he was part of like Exploding Rabbit was his company, and he was doing a custom Mario game. Oh no way! Uh, Yeah, and he would play like levels from it on his like he had a private like channel or whatever. Not a private channel, but he it wasn't like on Twitch. It was like a YouTube channel that was tied into his website and you could watch him like, you know, Q&A and or do like testing on his on his levels. Um, for from what I understand, though, like his Kickstarter ended up like being a complete disaster. Who oh, no. Uh, it was it, the, all like the money was mismanaged and like he seemed like Jay Pavlina. That's his name. Jay Pavlina. Oh, good pull. And uh, and like his ideas were solid and like what he wanted to do was really cool but the thing is like what i don't think he took into account was like the licensing because he was trying to basically remake mario but putting like you could use ryu from ninja gaiden or you could do blaster master or Mm -hmm. you could be link where you get in trouble yeah yeah and so he kind of found himself in trouble like he was he was overextending himself before he had the proper uh the proper permissions and so yeah like i used to watch him play though and man the game he was putting together was so cool but i always wanted like oh, how yeah. can i play that how am i even going to be able to play that so that's really cool that you can sideload these things into your console yeah and, and i mean if jay were on here he'd be talking about his fucking raspberry pi and oh you can do that but then yeah For you like got 15 minutes <laughs> you have to hear him talk about but you it. gotta you gotta play that on a pc <laughs> and yeah you, then you gotta buy a bluetooth control that goes and hooks up to it and it's just not the same experience as sitting in front of your tv with that super nintendo controller uh plugged in and uh, yeah. and playing it on your tv and so that's that's what uh the combination of these super mario world hacks and uh the super nt have allowed me to do and that has been my week's obsession
That's uh, that's pretty cool. And, you know, it's funny that you said earlier, uh, talking about Yoshi's Island and how that doesn't count as uh, Super Mario World 2, uh, because it kind of ties in with my obsession of the week. Uh, as as you know, I finished <laughs> Elden Island. Ring finally after 234 hours of Elden Ring. Um, <laughs> and so it coincided like I finished around the same time that like I remembered that the eShop, the Nintendo eShop on the 3DS and Wii was about to be shut down for good. Oh, that's right. So I ended up like getting all the games that I need to get on the 3DS, like stuff that, you know, it it takes advantage, full advantage of like the 3DS technology. You're not going to be able to play the same game. If they re-release it on like the virtual console or whatever for the switch, Mm. you're not going to get the same game. I know. So I was like, all right, let me, I've, I've made a short list of the games that I need to get and make sure I have so that way, you know, I can kind of keep them with me. I can I can have them. Games I never played through that I'm like, I, I need to do this if I'm going to... I go through this every once in a while. There's like generational thing. I did it with Jeff when we did the quest where it's like, I can't consider myself a gamer until I finish this. Like, I've never finished, <laughs> well, until recently, I've never finished a Luigi's Mansion game. Oh, that's right. And I'm like, well, I should, I should play those. So I got like the first two. So like, initially my obsession was like just getting all these games... So that way I can have them loaded up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I went through and started trying to figure out, well, what am I going to play now? Now that I have these on here, what am I going to play? And the first one I tried was Yoshi's Island. (laughs) And let me tell you, (laughs) I've never, I don't think I've ever hard passed on a Mario game so fast. Now, which one is it? This is for the 3DS or this is for the Wii This is on the 3DS. It's the re-release of Yoshi's Island for the SNES. So the original. uh I'll come back to it. But no, like the, there, there are elements to Yoshi's Island that I feel like work uh, and, and not that not that I feel do work. They feel like work. Yes. <laughs> like something I need to do. I'm being forced to do and I'm not enjoying it. Like whoever had the idea of, OK, so in this video game, you need to take care of a baby. <laughs> yeah, make sure exactly. nothing bad happens to this baby. And if something does bad happen to that baby, the baby's going to cry <laughs> obnoxiously. <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, like, that sound is just ingrained. Whose idea was this? So I'll come back to it, but not right mm-hmm. now. Good call. Uh, so then I d- decided to try. Um, I tried. I tried a couple of other games, like the Angry Video Game Nerd game. I was like, all right, I'll come back to this as well. And then I got started on Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. And after playing 234 hours of Elden Ring. Nothing was a breath of fresh air. It's a palate cleanser, huh? Quite like Luigi's mm-hmm. Mansion. A nice four, five hour relaxing run of a game. I didn't feel, and there's, you know, because it's Nintendo, they have the whole like, well, you've got to get the best rank on right. this and you've got to catch all the booze and you've got to do this thing. There are ways to extend. None of yeah. that. The first thing I did was I was like, is there a different ending? If I get all these things, is there a different ending? Well, no. no. I'm like, nope. Yeah. Then I'm just going to go through the story. Yeah. I'm the same. And And I loved it. I thought it was so fun. Now, is this is this the original for the GameCube, or are you playing Dark it's, Moon on the 3DS? No, 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 no. It's the GameCube re-release on the 3DS. Okay. So okay. they updated it with like the 3D capability. Mm. They also up, they gave you the uh, the two player option, mm. which I didn't remember there being on the GameCube version. Uh, I don't think you're but right. Yeah, no. I just I played through that, and then like once I finished it, I rolled straight into Dark Moon. I'm like, I'm gonna yeah. go right into Dark Moon. And, and play through that. And again, just really obsessed with this game. It's it's so much fun. It's not 
difficult, no, but it's challenging enough exactly. to kind of keep you engaged with it. And it's what Nintendo does so well with their IP. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they they fine tune a lot of this stuff, like just the control, the the character, and and the charm of these yep. games to within an inch of its life. And it, it's so satisfying, like walking around being Luigi. And it's like, I went back and read reviews of these games when they first came out, specifically the first one. And like, it never got any resounding, like really super positive reviews. Yeah, people were lukewarm. A lot of middle of the road and a lot of the, uh, a lot of the criticism and also the praise were the same thing that it was so different from other Mario games. Yes. And which, which maybe wouldn't have been uh, too bad of a thing, except that I remember that being like a launch GameCube game yes. before there was a Mario game. So here Nintendo comes out with this brand new system. That's right. And uh, you want to play the new Mario game, as we've done on every new Nintendo system for the last two decades. And then they're like, no, you're getting you're getting sloppy seconds with you're Luigi. You're Luigi's Mansion. Which, uh, you know, in hindsight, we didn't deserve it. It's a gem. That's right. It's, it's a really great game. Well, I, I cannot wait to hear uh, when you jump into Luigi's Mansion 3 because if you enjoyed those, uh, you're in for a treat, my friend. Yeah, I'm, and I'm probably going to do that. Like, as soon as I finish Dark Moon, I'm probably going to roll right into Luigi's Mansion 3, which I do hear has different endings. Oh. So. <laughs> Hunker <laughs> down, huh? Peace be with me. Um, but, it's, uh, but yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's funny that you brought up Yoshi's Island and Luigi's Mansion because I do feel like they're two sides of the same coin. Like if Mario is in the middle as far as difficulty goes, you got Yoshi's Island on one end, and then you kind of got the casual Luigi's Mansion franchise on the other. Yeah, it's and it's it's a worthy obsession. I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and it and it has some fantastic music. <laughs> <laughs> That's my <laughs> my lame attempt at a segue. I appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into our main topic. Uh, talking about some music. Talking about uh, what do you what do you want? Do you want to focus just on well, on geek stuff right now, or because I've got a, a few questions that I can I can throw out there if we need well, a, a starting point. Yeah, I, I I will take you up on that. But before we do that, uh, I will say that I think the the genesis for this topic. Genesis does was <laughs> the, the, where I was going was she seems to have an <laughs> invisible touch. <laughs> oh, I got to do a mashup now. Those two. <laughs> uh, no, was the news we got earlier this week about uh, one of our favorite movies, Joe, yours and mine. Uh, so much so that uh, we're using a soundbite from this film at the beginning of every episode of this podcast. Yeah, talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the World and uh, the surprise announcement that Netflix picked up an anime series of Scott Pilgrim. Not sure if it's going to be like a sequel or a, a, a retelling. I'm thinking it's going to be, um like, if I were to guess, it's going to be, um because the, the movie... The movie is a pretty good adaptation of the first few books, yeah. but the movie was released before the final book came out. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm thinking is they're going to give Brian O'Malley his due, and they're going to finally do, like, a true adaptation of the books. Yeah. Uh, and and we're going to see the ending like how it how it ends in the book, and we're going to see the relationship between. I mean, spoiler alert: the relationship between Kim Pine and Knives Chow that mm. ends up developing. You know, I what I loved, and and I'm hoping it's going to be just like that Scott Pilgrim versus the anime, where you see him in in the principal's office or whatever, and it's about him like getting saving Kim and beating up a guy to save Kim and like punched him so hard he saw the curvature of the earth you know like (laughs) that whole thing that that scott pilgrim versus the animation is so good and i 
I can't help but think like that's something that people have been hanging their hats on for a while. And like, we should do this. Like, this is something we could do. That and, and of course, the the best part of the announcement being that the original cast, or the theatrical cast, I should say, the is enti- coming back. The entire cast. Everybody. I was really hoping to see Bill Hader, though. Like, do you know if Bill Hader's back is like the... <laughs> the hey, oh. Well, he wasn't... Did they credit him in the movie? So maybe he'll come back again. He'll just be uncredited. No, he, he wasn't. That's yeah. true. He. I don't think he was credited. I imagine they still... That's two movies he wasn't credited That's right. Uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph uh, wrecks the internet, right? Part two? No, breaks the internet. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it should have been called. Uh, that's on our mind, uh, listeners, because uh, Joe and I just guest hosted on another podcast, uh, a friend of the podcast podcast, Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries, which is, um, did I get the name of that right? Yes, you did. I always seem to screw that up. Uh, it, it's their Disney-themed podcast. They're watching all of the Disney films uh, in order. And we were recently on the Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet yeah. um, episode, where we had some thoughts about that film so if you want to hear what we had to say about it check it out subscribe at Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries I like what I like is that they're doing like this childhood trauma theater too where they talk yes. about like movies from our childhood that like traumatized us and uh, uh Return to Oz bro, oh bro yeah The Secret of Nim like just all these oh, all these films never ending story films with like they had no we had no business as kids watching these movies yeah. a little too dark yeah but I would make the argument that it's like movies like that that maybe rounded us out a little bit more and Absolutely. tempered our expectations of how magical the future was going to be. Yeah. That's why Tim Burton was uh, <laughs> such a hit. That's right. So music. Yes. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Thank you for t- bringing us back. Yes. So, so I brought up the Scott Pilgrim anime to say that um, the voice cast is coming back, but also Anna Managuchi, Anna Managuchi. Uh, who scored the Scott Pilgrim video game. Uh, and are a awesome rock band yeah. that uh, kind of does chip tune music. I think is what they call it, with a, but with live instruments. They just did a show. They just came through town. They were playing <sighs> Deep Ellum. They're I guess doing the Scott Pilgrim versus the World tour. Where they play the soundtrack, um, huh? where they play all the music from the video That's game soundtrack, awesome. which is a killer soundtrack. So music. Yes. <laughs> let's let's talk about let's talk about music for a little bit before this this podcast <laughs> comes to a close. Now, now you do uh, plan to have music. On your music podcast. <laughs> your music podcast. So what's um what would you say formed your musical tastes early on? Oh, uh, well, uh, John Williams. John Williams, man. Um, he was such an influential part of my life, obviously starting with movies. Um, but as I was coming online and kind of discovering uh, music and what music can do for you and how it can make you feel, um, I realized that the most emotions I was getting out of music were coming from the scores of John Williams. And obviously, yeah. you know, the, the movies that he were scoring were some of the greatest movies we've had in the last you know few decades. Um, all, all of Spielberg's movies on top of some other notable uh, greats, you know, the Star uh-huh. Wars movies as well. But that's when I, by the time I had my own cassette pl- uh, tape player and expendable income to buy cassettes, you know, all my friends were, uh, you know, buying whatever, the, the the pop stuff was and and even you know into the 90s you know when when grunge and nirvana and pearl jam was becoming popular i loved that stuff but i knew all my friends had those cassettes and cds so i'd borrow them but uh, in my own collection it was like the best of john williams yeah and every every score yeah so that was it was big influence in my childhood what about you oh for sure i mean john williams is definitely part of it um and uh saturday morning cartoons um Ooh, yeah i think that in and i think you're Huh. I think you you'd go on go with me on this journey that like 
when you watch enough of like, especially like the, the George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, John Williams scored movies. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before in previous podcasts, the music is just as much a character as the characters are. Sure. And like it just right now off the top of my head, I'm thinking like when I think Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, there are two music cues that like it's not the same movie without these music cues. Hmm. One of them is the, you know, when they save the kids from the mines. The moment I hear that, I hear that like the 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 chains, the clinging. You know, it's like that sets the tone, that sets the mood, that <laughs> that built some kind of block in my DNA of like that. And there's also the um, uh, the the music that plays when they're uh, when they're on the elephants and they're going to like you know to to Pencott Palace. Oh yeah, and uh, you know it's it's like. All that, you all that stuff. You will go to Pankak Palace. <laughs> no, yeah, that's insensitive. I shouldn't do that. You will go to Pankak Palace. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good, guys. Every once in a while, I'll send, I'll send Joel and Jay like a voice text <laughs> of doing that voice and like doing that whole quote. Uh, bring back to us. Bring back to us. Uh, <laughs> so no, like the John Williams music, of course. But like mm-hmm. getting back to Saturday morning cartoons, like there, there wasn't a cartoon that didn't have its own iconic and epic opening song. Hmm. Like they, you have GI Joe, you had transformers, masters of the universe, thundercats, yep. teenage mutant ninja those turtles, are all bangers. Like, these, these are all bangers. Like the, and, and it's the kind of stuff that you grow up on. Like I'd be walking home from school and I'd be singing like heroes and a half shell, journal <laughs> power, like in the Ninja Turtles arcade game, Ugh. there's this whole orchestrated like instrumental of just that theme that plays over and over Not again. Not just one; like every level is a variation on that Ninja Turtles theme. Uh, that's one of my yeah. favorite video game scores um, of all time. Yes. So it's John Williams. No. Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. My older sister. Nope. My older sister was a complete like metalhead. Mm-hmm. And so she would always be listening to like Metallica, Ozzy Osbourne, po- like Poison. I'll put Poison in there. But like she was always listening to these these rock bands. And like I, I would just listen to what was on the radio. And so like usually it was like some really bad yeah, like Whitney Houston. Like my first cassette my first cassette tape was Genesis. Like you talked to we, we Are you made kidding? fun of it, but Genesis Invisible Touch yes, was my was first little... cassette. <laughs> Me too. And, I got uh, Joe. Yeah. I got laughed at in the Sam Goody by a kid that was just like a couple of years older than me because he uh, he heard me he overheard me asking uh, the clerk where the Genesis section was and forever <laughs> seared in my psyche like this, the shame of this uh, dude, teenager dude, laughing at him. Me. Man, time has told the tale That's a on great that album. one. Genesis Absolutely, is, it's a great album. Um, even but, all the way yeah, to that like, weird I, Brazilian uh, drum <laughs> track at the very end yes. that gave me nightmares. Hey, man. And, but then it leads right to, you know, Phil Collins and his Tarzan soundtrack. Like, <laughs> without Genesis, we wouldn't have that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's true. Literally the Genesis. But uh, but no, like, my, my sister would be into the... She basically introduced me to rock. And hmm. then many years later, she would kind of be the catalyst that got me a job in radio. And so, but, but I would get into metal. I got it. That's how I discovered Iron Maiden and Mm. realized that like Iron Maiden being a metal band. But if you were to listen to it with just like an open ear, so to speak, Mm -hmm. if you just listen to it, like there's a lot of classical, 
oh, work being done there. Yeah. And I started marrying what I was hearing in some of my favorite metal songs and rock songs. Mm-hmm. I started recognizing a lot of the same elements between that and John Williams and like yes. some of my favorite scores and other movies. And I was like, huh. And so that, that's kind of what I look for in music now. Like I love, I love overtures. I love a band that gives you a good concept album and can bring themes back. Do your, your mm-hmm. late motifs. Um, so yeah, yeah, I know I've, my answer has been twice as long as yours, <laughs> but, no. uh, but yeah, those were my, that's kind of my influences. What, what brought me to get like, I don't think it, this is tangentially related. I don't think there's another moment that filled me with as much joy as when I first saw the Transformers movie uh, and hearing the Transformers theme song done in like that rock metal style at the beginning of the film. And, that, and there's another soundtrack that's like that's <laughs> yep. building blocks of my DNA. And, and the fact that, uh, Vince DiCola, who did the score of that movie, mm. also did the score for Rocky Four, which is <laughs> one of the worst slash best slash worst slash best again movies <laughs> I've ever seen. And the soundtrack is pretty epic. Uh, yeah, and again, great. like a huge part of my childhood that has informed going forward what I look for. And uh, also so yeah, a those... song that is used at the beginning of every episode of this podcast. That's right. There you go. <laughs> So, uh, so now knowing what it is, like mm-hmm. what, what was your influence in music? What would you say was your, was your favorite concert experience? I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to ask about like nerdiest a little bit later, but I really want to know what, like, what's your favorite show or shows? Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I started off with my answer of John Williams and, uh, I'll, I'll use him again. It's my next answer because, uh, I've, I've probably seen probably a dozen or so live performances of his music uh, throughout my life. Uh, Did you go to any? Uh, What do you mean? Have you been to like see actual John? No, that man, and that is on my bucket list. There's this concert that he does every year in L.A. around September, um, and. I keep telling myself like I got I got to make plans I got to go one year because oh, motherfucker's like ninety two or something like that you know I, yeah. this may be his last one um, but it that's kind of on my bucket list but e- even if I haven't seen him personally in concert I've I've heard his music uh, performed by uh, a, a half a dozen symphonies or so um, and they're those are always some of my favorites however it's funny that you brought up uh, seeing Taylor Swift at the AT and T Center in Arlington Texas uh, because. That is where I saw a a Star Wars concert uh, because I did too. Th- did, were you there for, for that one yeah. back in uh, yeah about was, ten years or so? I was like five rows back on the floor. <laughs> That's so yep, I was down there as well. I recorded the whole thing on my phone. I may still have that it. It's like two hours long. Where really? like Anthony Daniels was yep. like doing narration and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what a surprise! They were able to get Anthony Daniels for that. <laughs> he wasn't busy. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker will get out of bed for. Two dollars. <laughs> it's got Star Wars. If it gets to do the uh, C-3PO voice at some point, well, that's so funny that you were there because yeah, I remember that just being a, uh, a a great and and you know this was like post prequels but pre sequels. Wow, that's hard to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were getting six movies worth of music, which we thought that was going to be all the Star Wars we'd ever get. And uh, yeah, really great concert, very memorable. Um, and and to I see, I love the way that they wove they wove the visuals in yeah. with. With the it's music a multimedia too. experience, yeah. and uh, and mm-hmm. just to see it on that scale, and to be surrounded by you know people like yourself, Joe, who uh, yeah. learning now was also there, uh, <laughs> just on the thousands, uh, and in that venue, which which I believe had 
opened recently. Uh, yeah, the time it that was, was it was performed. like two years old, I think, at that yeah, point or yeah. a year. Yeah, I got a, a Mos Eisley Cantina uh, <laughs> T-shirt or the the Cantina Band T-shirt, and it's like on the back it has all their tour dates That's and like Alderaan awesome. has been canceled. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's hilarious. I need to see if I can find that. That was a, that was a great shirt. Um, yeah, that was no, a great... and they had like props from the movies there and stuff. That I'm you telling check you, out it before. was a whole Star Wars experience. Yeah, but uh, but for yeah. me, it was the music that drew me in there, and um, yeah, one one of my my favorite concerts of all time. Do you think we're ever going to hear that classic fanfare before the movies? Oh, the Fox. Ever again? Do you think mm. Disney is ever going to like resolve that and get... Because it's like they own it, right? Don't they own the music? I know, but it's a little revisionist history because that logo is only there if Fox distributed the film, and they did not. Um, so it's it would just be there for fan service. And and if that's what you want, then there you can find it online. People have added that fanfare yeah. to the beginning of the film. I'm sure Topher Grace has done like 20 different versions. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that? He made like a five-minute version of like all of yeah. the movies, all 10 movies yeah, put yeah, together. Yeah, it's pretty good. Dude, that's, that's great. Um, I could do better. Not bad. Okay, for... Uh, <laughs> For shot, yeah. Um, for a non-editor, I guess, man, that's tough for me. What my favorite? Yeah, because I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of people. I've seen them in different ways. Like seeing, I got to see faces. Chris Cornell, and I rocked. Oh, well, don't get me started on Bon Jovi. Um, I got to <laughs> hang out on stage while Bon Jovi performed yeah. one year. Um, see, this is a hard topic to do with you because every, everything I have, you're going to be not, either you were already there or <laughs> <laughs> you were on stage with the band that was performing. Um, so. Okay, I've I've got I've I got a win. few like Chris Cornell. I've seen Soundgarden. I've seen Chris Cornell uh, probably half a dozen times. Mm -hmm. Chris Cornell's even come to the performance hall at my office, and like we got to see him perform just a, a acoustic set. It's a weird thing to where say. Where I got to meet the guy. He signed a thing for me. You know, took up one of the worst pictures I've ever taken with someone in my life. Uh, but it was it was a really cool deal. Um, well, you can't just leave, man, throw that nugget out there and not expound. Why was it a weird photo? What? Oh, it's just it's just a bad photo. Okay. Like Your eyes was, closed or something. At, at that no, at that point, I was booger. I was coming off of like a rough breakup, and I mm. had, I had ballooned up to about three hundred pounds at oh, one no. point in my life, and wow. you could tell like I was on the way up, like I was blowing <laughs> up. Literally, I'm <laughs> blowing up right now. Um, so it's kind of like how I look right now. No, um, shut up. No, it's it, I'm not as bad. I'll never be as bad as I was then. But yeah, it's um, unbelievable. But it's uh, it was it was a rough time. Like that's I wish I could retake that picture. Obviously, I can't um, for reasons. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was cool. I I would probably say like my favorite ex my favorite concert would it would have to be. And these are all close. But I think mm. I've got it's like a three four way tie. Um, I got to see David Bowie and Nine Inch Whoa. Nails in 1995 Whoa. at Starplex, and they did like, and like Bowie opened up for Nine Inch Nails, so Bowie did his set. Then obviously Nine Inch Nails did their bit, and then they did a set together oh where Bowie God. came out and sang some Nine Inch Nails songs. Uh, Nine Inch Nails performed some Bowie tunes. Dude. Like it was, it was unreal. Uh, so that one's probably top up there. Uh, I got to see Ozzy in his first No More Tours tour. And the reason why that sticks out is he ended up doing a video called Live and Loud that was like, yeah. it was that concert tour, like the, the video of it, and I'm on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's kind of a, that's a point of pride. You crowd surfing? 
no but i am standing up and i'm waving my arm and like the like <laughs> my if my stepfather my first stepfather ever did anything right it's that he took me to two of the most two of the most killer shows i've ever been to mm. um and that was one of them he surprised me like we went and like allison chains opened up for ozzy and we were he brought me out and we were like sitting on the lawn and i gotta tell you like i was super stoked just to be there that being on the lawn i was fine with it Oh yeah, and then when like after Allison Chains finished their bit, he was like, "Hey, come with me for a second. And we walk up, and we just keep walking up, and he keeps showing these tickets to these guys, and we keep walking forward Dude. until we were like two rows from the stage. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, That's this awesome. is amazing." Uh, so yeah, that that was that was a great show. Um, and then finally getting to see Taylor Swift. No, uh, Kiss. <laughs> Oh, finally getting to see all Kiss your hair bands man was yeah dude like i said my sister influenced me it was a, a lot uh, of the same. a lot of metal kiss is a huge influence for me and then the final one is tw- almost 20 years no it was 20 years ago 2003 i think it was august 6th what it was james hetfield's birthday and they were metallica was playing yeah, Cowboy, uh cowboy stadium in arlington or texas stadium in arlington yeah. and after the show, like first off, I got to meet the band. Oh, wow. uh, and then those after assholes? the show, yeah, <laughs> I got to meet those. <laughs> they were super nice to me. I'm sure they uh, were. Now I know them. They're and fine. so, uh, and then after the show, they invited our crew to go and uh, celebrate James's birthday at uh, Speed Zone, where we did <laughs> go karts. We got to race go karts with Metallica. With Metallica. <laughs> yeah, it was that super sounds like cool. a prize you would win from like a. Radio. I know, right. Come on down. You get to ride go-karts with Metallica. You're the 10th <laughs> caller. <laughs> register to win. You can do go-karts with Metallica. Uh, so, yeah, that was... Uh, that's I think awesome. that's I think that's safe to say. Like, those four kind of, you yeah. know, those those are up there with, like, Beck's last-minute show that he did at the Gypsy Tea Room being a very close second. That's like, that was, a, that was a cool show, too, but not even close to the same production of, like, these other ones. But, yeah, dude, I, like... I, if you were to ask, if you put a gun to my head and told me to just pick one, I'd probably go with Bowie and Nine Inch Nails. That's a that's a pretty good double feature, man. Yeah, it's hard to top. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, commendable. It was is awesome. Um, so, what is the worst show that you've been like? Oh. One that and, hmm. and not just like a bad show, but like one you were really looking forward to, and like ended up kind of sucking. Like you, I I wish I hadn't gone to this. Hmm. Give me a second to think about that. Okay. Well, while, to... while you're thinking about it, <laughs> okay. I'll 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 give it to you. Um, for me, what's funny is one of my top shows that I've been to was Metallica. One of the worst shows I've ever been to no. was also Metallica. Oh, why? It because it was like it felt really like rushed and phoned in and like mm. like there wasn't enough. It they, they really didn't put anything into the production. It was just they came out, played, and they were gone. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I've seen Metallica probably four or five times. And four of those times, they put like so much into the production. It was amazing. It was a spectacle. But when I saw them at Starplex, like, I think it was them and I think Rob Zombie opened up for them. And Rob Zombie was outstanding. And then to go straight into like Metallica, who like, they, they couldn't have been bothered with like, yeah. you know, any kind of interaction with the audience. Like, hey, how you guys doing tonight? Like, what's going on? You guys like this? You want No time. It, it was no time. They just sped through a set. Mm. Didn't even come out and do an encore. Like, they were done what? 
by like 945. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I was really, dude, I was, I was really upset. Wow. When, when my experience seeing Skid Row and Pantera is better than a Metallic show, <laughs> uh, I think that that should tell you something. Yeah, there you go. That sounds more like the Metallica we know and love, right? You know, <laughs> the ones who sued Napster because uh, they want people downloading their Dude, that was like 30 years ago. Year. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying that's how dumb and short-sighted and, and uh, hostile they were to their fans. Yeah. And now like, it's the way things are done. It's so funny that like these, these guys were fighting progress like Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's like if you want to, you want to like monetize it. That's fine. Yeah. Hello, Just... I paid ten dollars to Spotify every month, and I'm sure they're getting a nice little. Cut <laughs> I of... know, right? You're welcome. Uh, so, so did that give you enough time? Uh, yeah. I mean, yes and no. I, I, I can't say I've been disappointed with uh, the performance. Uh, I guess I've been lucky. Um, nobody's really kind of phoned it. Well, you know what? I will say I got dragged to an Ellie Goulding concert. Um, although I wouldn't say I had high expectations for that, but, uh, uh I was expecting her to be more talented than she is. And it was really kind of much ado about nothing. Yeah. She had a bunch of backup singers and it was a bunch of pomp and circumstance. Oh, look, here's some fire. Here's some, uh, half naked backup singers that are kind of doing the heavy lifting for my weak vocals. Um, I don't know. She, she's one of those artists who sounds great in a, in a recording studio when you can kind of affect her voice but she was not strong live i thought yeah. and also um i was probably wasn't the right age or demo yeah. for that concert anyway a little old. i don't think there's anything wrong with that i don't think there's anything wrong with recognizing like i'm better in the studio sure than i yeah. am live and i think in those situations like maybe you don't don't do, do like club shows yeah <laughs> do do a club show do an acoustic thing it was more just like sad that she didn't have uh, enough confidence in her own uh, vocal ability or her or the quality of her songs yeah that she felt like she had to kind of plus it up or somebody felt like they had to plus it up with a uh-huh. with a bunch of uh, theatrics anyway but I, I wouldn't say i had high expectations for that go ahead dude i bought us uh i i, told, I bought sarah and i t-shirts at the uh taylor swift show mm-hmm and together, like it was like ninety five dollars for T shirts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's where they make their money, man. The <laughs> for merch the, for the merch, sweet merch. Uh, I do, you know, something I, I appreciate nowadays about going to uh, live music is um, the the resurgence of vinyl and how everybody, yes. no matter how small the band is, um, everybody's got you know, vinyl uh, copies of everyone their, their albums. Everybody's got pressed vinyl. Mm-hmm. Like the the touring manager for Metallica called me up the other day. We're doing a, a contest. Uh, and he's, he's got his, his whole, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know? <laughs> but, uh, he's got the, we're going to be doing this thing where, uh, we're going to be giving away, like when their new album, 72 seasons comes out, we're going to be giving away copies of that. And each person who wins qualifies for like this daily grand prize to go to the show. But then, uh, the, the big grand prize between those three winners, one of them is going to get like this full vinyl catalog of Metallica albums, nice. a signed copy of the new one. And we're giving them like a, a turntable as well. It's and a new yeah, like album? just the fact that like, vi- yeah, they got a new album coming out. Oh, wow. Are they not supposed to? Should they not? No, that's fine. Well, I mean, I don't know. Are they any good anymore? Because, uh, there, you know, there's some bands that should have quit while they're ahead. Uh, Rolling Stones, I'm yeah. looking at you, and then other bands uh, that have oh. evolved their music over time and um, yeah. grow as musicians. You know, here's 
here's the thing about Metallica and I'm what they've been, Metallica is not the latter. What they've been advertising with this, they're going to be coming back into in August. They're doing a two night thing, uh, Friday and Sunday, and it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. They call it there. It's like no repeat weekend. So it's like they're going to do one set and they have one set of openers, and then the next night mm-hmm. it's com- all new, all different songs. Like they're not going to repeat any tunes. They're not no. even going to repeat any opening acts. Sucks to go to and that. And like everybody's question, yeah. everyone's question's <laughs> been like, well, what night are they playing the old? Stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real 50-50 chance. And I'm like, I think they're going to be spreading it out throughout both nights. Because uh, I tell sucks. you, like, if, if I go and they play all the old stuff I like on Friday, probably not going back no. on Sunday. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and the thing is, like, there's nothing wrong with their new stuff. It's just that, I don't know, like, they, they it's almost like they've kind of taken a step backward. Yeah. And it's just kind of become like this weird thrash metal. And at, like... These guys are 50, 60 years old now. I like, know. I don't need to hear thrash. Just, yeah. you know what? Where When you hit Black Album, there you, you, go. Hit, you hit that. Even even Load. Like, I'm good with those tunes you were writing. Like, that was some that was yeah. some good stuff. I could follow it. It wasn't it wasn't thrashy hard, but it was still it was still, you know, a nice hard mix. Now it's like, mm-hmm. I can't even, I can't get into this. And all their songs are like 10 minutes long oh, now. No, so yeah, they've been emboldened. <laughs> Joe, would you say they've lost the fuel and the fire? And all that that I desire? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, so they debuted that song. One of the shows I went mm-hmm. to, it was before they released the load. And he was like, I'm going to play something new for you. And you know how like you're, sometimes you're in a concert and they don't have the mix down completely. So like you can't really make out what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And then it's a new song on top of it. So you don't really know the words. So for the longest time before that album came out, me and my friends would be like, hey, remember that song James Hetfield did? It was... And we we would always go, oh yeah, that one. Give me two, give me five, give me man, which on the side. <laughs> <laughs> we we legitimately thought that's what that's fuel great. was. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the acoustics not very good in there. Huh? Yeah, no, it that's was hilarious. It was like the the Fort Worth Convention Center or something like that. That's oh, where yeah. we saw them, and, and they did that song. I was like, what? What is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. No, oh, awesome. I think what's weird is like Metallica is kind of like the best example but also sometimes the exception to the rule because i feel like they've had some experimental stuff that they've done that i've really liked yeah. and like majority of the people have hated like i really liked saint anger and i liked the stripped down sound of it like they took out all the fancy production hmm. and they just sounded like a garage band you know just banging things out and i really liked that album but then like they got when you got to like reload and it was like all like over uh produced and mm. just everything was slick i didn't like it as much yep. they did two and i i didn't i had no idea they did a second album with like a symphony orchestra that's right and, i remember hearing that and it's not as good like i really liked and here's part of it the first one they did with michael Kamen, and then oh, michael Kamen passed away yeah. and i don't know who this conductor is that they're working with on the second not one but the same. it just it lacks the charm that my going back to john williams someone yeah. like michael Kamen, you can't just have any conductor in there you've got to have someone who understands the storytelling of the music and michael Kamen, just like john williams had that ability um I, I didn't mean for this to become a Metallica podcast. Yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> I had the same. Have you ever been to a show that like y- you didn't have high expectations for, and you ended up being pleasantly surprised? Uh, oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that happens a lot. I tell you, what's great for that is uh, music festivals. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier. Yeah. You know, Jenna and I love doing that. We've gone 
really ever since I met her, we've been going to a music festival every year. Of course, maybe took some time off there during 2020 uh, to not die of COVID. Uh, but back on it now and uh, back to seeing live shows and really looking for, like, I'm, I've been watching as, as these festivals announce their lineups. Yeah. Um, and I'm waiting to see what else ACL does this year because the rumor is that uh, Foo Fighter, of course, Foo Fighters are on tour. They'll probably be coming back. So we may take the trip uh, back to Texas. Dude, that'd be uh, awesome. Uh, Swing by, pick you up, and go see some Foo Fighters. I would ACL. love that, man. But I, I bring that up because, um, yes, that's a great place to discover um, new acts that maybe you wouldn't pay any money to see or, or carve out the time for. Yeah. But when you're walking around and uh, you got uh, you know some some street tacos and a cheap beer in your hands, yeah, and nowhere to go, nowhere what time, and there's five stages surrounding you, you're gonna find uh, somebody. There's a band named AJR that's a favorite of uh, Jenna and mine uh-huh. that we discovered. While we were waiting in line uh, to go to the restroom, uh, the stage was right there next to it, um, and uh, we were just like, "Yeah, yeah let, let, when you're done uh, wiping your ass, let's uh, check out the rest of the set." And uh, they are now one of our favorite bands. I wonder if people in situations like that are like, "No, dude, we want the stage by the restroom." Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We like, want the most ears. But I'm saying, like, there's an advantage Smart. to that. Yeah, like, yeah. I've got a captive audience. Let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, my pleasant surprise was when I took Sarah to see new kids on the block. Oh yeah. Like I ended up having a blast. Like, so it was like, yeah. we, we came in, it was boys to men open. That's incredible. We came in halfway through their set. And then after boys to men was Paula Abdul and then new kids on the block. So wow. like setting the, setting the tone, like getting you back into that mindset yep. of the eighties was like <laughs> really smart. That was, it was great. It was a really fun time. Like I had a blast. They sounded great. Yeah. Uh, they were they they were having fun with the audience. My only issue with that show is that like they clearly played every single song they ever wrote. <laughs> they, they, they did, <laughs> Just they did stuff pad. off the Christmas album, and this was oh, a no. summer show. <laughs> but uh, Deep guts. but it, it was fun. It was like every time I, whenever I look over at my wife and like. If she's tired and she's sitting down oh, and no. these are guys that she's loved since she was a child, like Time to get that's it. when I know like, oh, this thing may be going a little too long. <laughs> but but all that said, like just a really fun time. Like I yeah. I I had such a great time. And it's kind of like what I was telling people today when people are like, Hey, I heard you went to see Taylor Swift. Because I still have kind of the reputation for like, well, you're the rock and roll guy. So how all did right. that go? How did Taylor Swift go? And I'm like, Amazing. It was great. Yeah. It was great. What a spectacle. Like, this is someone who understands, like, you know, she's she's been in this business for, like, what, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Her whole life. She knows what she's doing, and, you know, she's matured, too. Like, I'll tell you, like, there's, there is there are theatrics that go into it, and who knows? Behind closed doors, Taylor Swift could be, like, just the worst human being. No, you She could be, like, when we mouth. start hearing stories about Ellen DeGeneres. But, like, <laughs> she definitely comes off. She comes off genuine yep. and like just really charismatic on that mm-hmm. stage. And that's, that's, that's half the battle. Like yep. once you, you have Absolutely. that, you've got me engaged. Like just like at that point I'm cheering for you. I'm like, all right, I want to see you do a good job. Let's do this thing. Uh, and that's how new kids on the block felt. Yeah. I was like, you guys are doing great. <laughs> I used to hate you guys when I was a kid, I know, but right? you, you're doing good. My sister, my sister was a huge NKOTB fan, uh, so I, I always heard those tunes blurring out of her, her uh, bedroom. Yeah. So yeah, no, no stranger to uh, hanging tough. <laughs> Are you tough enough? Oh, 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 oh. 
Hanging tough. Um, all right. Oh, my God. So we've teased this, but I think it's time we, we jump into it because now we're, uh, we're across the hour threshold. Uh, oh, we should be wrapping up at this point. What the, are you, the, like, teasing? the nerdiest. <laughs> what is the nerdiest? Like the nerdiest show that, that you've been to. You know, what is your if if you would. Let's use the term. Maybe let's use the term "guilty pleasure." Mm-hmm. Like just like sure. your 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 nerd, your music kink. What what is it? Where is it? <laughs> um, well, I I know Weird Al's on uh, on tour. I would have loved to have seen him. Uh, I, I I have not. I've but, never uh, seen him either. He probably would have. Uh would have ranked up there but this one will be easy for me because i i just saw this band uh within the last month uh and it's a band that i'd seen before but uh, jenna had not and i've mentioned them uh not on this podcast but on our video game themed podcast 16-bit gladiators that we did prior to this one uh talking about a band um whose name i couldn't remember at the time but now uh i i will never forget because uh the bit brigade bit brigade um is is one of my favorites. You talking about cover bands? I guess you could say they're a cover band because their spiel is um, there. There are four or five. I want to say there's five members of the band. Four of them play instruments. The fifth one plays a Nintendo Entertainment System on stage, uh, and he'll play games in real time. So uh, the concert we saw, we saw Ducktales and Mega Man. So what happens is, what? guy sits down. They got a projector behind the stage showing the Nintendo game the guy's playing. He, they opened with Ducktales. As he's playing, the game's on mute, except for the sound effects. I'm not quite sure how they did that. Yes. Um, as he's play- as he's playing the game, the band is playing the songs that would be going along, like the soundtrack to the game. So when he finishes a level, actually, it's even funny because they'll, they'll play the, the level song, right? It's an Airman or whatever. Yeah. And then when Mega Man gets to the end, the boss fight... The, the, they, they switch stop. to the boss One, theme. two, three, four. Yeah, start playing the boss theme. Wow. And then when he beats them in real time, they stop. And then and the amazing thing about it, these guys, I mean, so it's kind of a novelty act uh, on on its face. But then you see him in person. This is it for, for Joe, for somebody who likes you, loves rock, heavy metal. Yeah. You know, it's three guitarists and a drummer, old school garage band. But. When you think about the intricacies of the soundtrack to, to, to Metroid, uh, not Metroid, Mega Man. Mega Man 2 was uh, was their their big act uh, when I saw them a couple of months ago. Yeah. Those are some difficult songs. Those old 8-bit chiptune songs, they move so quick. Mm-hmm. And to watch these guys' fingers on the fret just like keeping up. You know, you, you l- l- listen to a Mega Man track um, and then imagine somebody just ripping a guitar playing it. And it's not quite at the same speed because no human could do that. Um but it's really impressive, man. And the energy there, because, you know, it was, it was a small little, like, uh, you know, dive bar venue that we found here in Greenville. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they, they play smaller smaller clubs. And everybody in there was just, like, our people, you know. And, and that's half of the experience, right, when you can find your group. A, a, a band like that brings out, you know, people who love rock, people who love grunge, people who love video games specifically uh and all those things combined and that was the second time me seeing them and to be able to share that with jenna like was one of my favorite musical experiences in recent memory that's awesome yeah that's so cool check them out uh i i'm dying to see something like that B- like, bought the vinyl too by the way of course they were selling a vinyl oh yeah i've got Mega Man too <laughs> that's awesome i um uh, it's many years ago went to a thing called Distant Worlds at the uh, Bass Performance Hall in Fort Worth. Oh. And what it is, it's a concert of all of the, uh, like basically 
it's the best of music from Final Fantasy games. Oh, that's how and I know that. Yeah. Like this full symphony orchestra mm-hmm. performing. Like I went with uh, my buddies James and Kyle. Uh, I don't think Jay went with us to this thing. But uh, but yeah, like this was a like hundred and fifty dollars a ticket. They've come wow. back through a few times, and I've wanted to take. Sarah. I've threatened to take Sarah, <laughs> but then like the whole idea of like driving to Fort Worth has been like, Ugh. Mm. um, but but like it's to have the, a full symphony orchestra playing these songs, and like from talking with Jay and I on sixteen bit gladiators, you know, you know, like he and I are huge Final Fantasy fans. Uh, you know, everything from the characters, the story, the music. You know, I feel the same way about the Final Fantasy music like I do about the John Williams scores. Like, mm-hmm. there's just something about those songs that, like, they are characters. They take you through the story, and to hear like a symphony orchestra giving it its proper due. But like, it's funny to go to something like that because. You know, these programs are usually part of a season. And so you've got your season ticket holders for the symphony orchestra. (laughs) And you can spot them very easy on nights like this. The the blue hairs sitting in the box seats, right? You see the blue hairs. And then there's like people coming in costume as Final Fantasy (laughs) characters that are like... Not used to being to the uh, symphony. Not that I dressed up for it, but at least like I wasn't dressed in a costume. Uh, But like (laughs) just seeing like... All these like people, and and the thing is, I'm not shaming them for it either. Like, I think it's super cool that people are coming out and like, here we are, a collection of people who all love this same thing, sure. celebrating this expression of it. Like, that's really awesome. Um, I think that's probably the nerdiest concert experience I've had. Yeah. Not for lack of trying. Uh, I had tickets to see Ninja Sex Party, and uh, ended up. <laughs> Like Jay ended up not being able to go and I didn't ah. want to go alone. So, so my wife drove me to the venue. We had just, I think she was either pregnant or she had just had James and she drove me to the venue so I could go in and buy the shirt and then leave. <laughs> so, so I did that. Um, I have bought tickets to the Cybertronic spree twice. Oh, yeah. And they've had to cancel yeah. Oh no! Really? So you've yet canceled. to see them? Yeah, because of COVID, uh, they canceled twice. Oh, man. Coming through That's here. That's too bad. Um, they sent me an autographed CD though, so that was pretty yeah, cool. There you go. Explain um, uh, to the listeners who they are. So, guys, if you've never heard of the Cybertronic Spree, they are a bunch of like Transformers cosplayers. Basically, there it's a band, and they play the mm-hmm. music from the Transformers movie. Uh, they did a whole album that covered the the Transformers movie soundtrack that was like a Kickstarter thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also do like 80 songs, stuff like that. It, it's yeah. They'll cover a bunch of popular tunes, but they're dressed like Rodimus Prime and RC yes. and the, the Quintesson. And uh, yeah. I think, I think, I, I think Soundwave they're like Guar. is one of them as well. Yeah, kind of like Guar. That's, that's really good. They're kind of like Guar. They're dressed up like these Transformers, yeah. and they act like they're these personas. The Guar were nerdy. But yeah, I've had tickets for them twice, Ur. and they've had to cancel. Oh, and I've had tickets for Weird Al twice and ended up giving those tickets to somebody else and have never seen him. Like, I, oh, no. Someday. That's going to be, you know, that's my thing. I really want to see that guy. Yeah, clearly, since you gave tickets away twice, I could tell. Big fan. I had to do plays. It was uh, both times. It was because I had a play going on. Oh, that's a bummer. So yeah, those that's my uh, my nerdy <laughs> experience. You know what? I'd that's be, a good one, man. I'd be interested in hearing 
our listeners' nerdy experiences. Like, you know, not just nerdy experiences, but also like your favorite shows, what are your favorite concerts, your least favorite. You know, do you prefer stuff in like the big stadiums? Do you like, you know, the more intimate venues? Because I know there's a lot of great shows that you could see in a more intimate setting. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing Chris Cornell with like seven other people. That's amazing. Was a really cool experience. Him doing an acoustic set, hearing him do Like a Stone. Uh, right there in front of us on an acoustic guitar wow. was like one of the coolest things ever. But then at the same time, seeing Soundgarden at, you know, the um, Nokia Theater in Grand Prairie, that was pretty damn cool too. Front row watching them. Dude. Um, but yeah, let us know what your favorites are and 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 we'd love to hear from you. Where, where would they do that? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. I believe by the time this episode is up, we will have a Facebook page live and active. So uh, go to Facebook.com. Facebook.com. I don't have to put the dot com. It sounds like it's an old man. Go to www. Uh, go to Facebook and look for Low Res High Def Podcast. You're going to find us there. Uh, I believe we'll have a nice little page. You can sound off there. Or if uh, Twitter is more your bag, uh, then you can find us on Twitter, at Low Res High Def there, um, spelled just like how you would think to spell it. <laughs> look at your look at your phone screen or whatever <laughs> yeah, you're listening you to this go. podcast on. The way we're spelling it, that's how you're going to find <laughs> You'll us. You'll see it spelled out right there. Low Res High Def dot com. Uh, yeah, and if you would, just drop us a line and let us know. You know, if, if you've got topics that you'd like us to talk about you can go ahead and give us those suggestions we love it because i'll tell you every week (laughs) it's joel and i reaching out to each other going so uh what do you want to talk about this week (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know what's going on what should we do what'd you do today (laughs) i wish we could do that in real time because then we could tease what we're going to do next week uh but uh but until then you know what have fun be excellent to each other and party (laughs) on dudes party on joe party on joel Are we being Bill and Ted or are we being Wayne and Garth? (laughs) Who are we being now? Schwing! (laughs) Oh no. We'll see you next week, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.